time to screw the norms. To fit in, we often hide what's on our minds, who we really are, or who we want to be, or even what we want to do. But now you're having the right conversations. Here, we'll talk about sex, relationships, and mental health, and how they interact with each other and so many other aspects of life. Shame can't survive when we're honest and curious with each other and ourselves. It's time for your mind to scream less and for you to screw more. I'm Rachel Wright, a non-monogamous queer psychotherapist and your host. Welcome back, my friends, to The Right Conversations. Today, we are talking about porn, but specifically women making porn. And I'm thrilled to have this conversation. I We were just talking before I hit record. I have no idea what I'm going to be asking. I am just thrilled to talk. So Karen from Erstes, will you introduce yourself and what you do and all of the things? Yeah, sure. My name's Karen and yeah, I'm the director at Erstes, but I'm also the the director of photography. So I'm also shooting it while I'm directing. Um, yeah, I, I was born in Texas. I lived in San Francisco for a long time wow. and I relocated to Berlin about six and a half years ago. Wow. How is it living internationally compared to the States now? Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to say anything bad about anything, but I mean, Berlin was always on my radar since I was like a child, just because I loved like, I don't know, just weirdos and freaks and clowns and drag queens and yeah, like counterculture stuff. So yeah. Yeah. I feel really at home here. It's, it's like getting more expensive, of course, like the entire world, but yeah. I feel like it's like one of the only places that's so mm, metropolitan in big that's still affordable for an artist to live, you know? Mm, yeah. Yeah. So talk to me. Let's just start like at the beginning. How did you get into porn? Yeah. So I have my master's degree in fine art um, with like a focus on printmaking and photography. And yeah, like my graduate thesis was about masturbation. So I was really always interested in body politics and human sexuality and dealing with my own personal conflicts about shame and pleasure and things mm -hmm. like that. I was always really, really interested in. So um, when I started working in pornography, it was kind of like a combination of all of those things. But yeah. I also very quickly realized that the industry had many, many flaws, you know? Yeah. Um, but I actually more started, about this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I kind of organically got into working in porn. I just applied for a big company in San Francisco and they hired me actually as a wardrobe stylist. Mm. So I was doing that, but it turned out that like directors were coming to me and like kind of asking me what could be some themes and stuff purely based on wardrobe. So, and then people were coming to me and they're like, oh, Karen, you should be a director. You're, you know, you have some really great ideas. And it wasn't really on my radar that that was a possibility necessarily. And I had filmed a few things um, before I came to Berlin and I had been working as a photographer for 15 years or so before I moved to Berlin. And yeah, Erstis just gave me an opportunity to shoot and I just dove right in. So it was like, I didn't go to film school. 
but I definitely have like a critical sort of theory background. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some of these flaws that you saw that you wanted to kind of not fix, but like do Do better? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, really. I mean, the biggest thing I saw was ethics and um, issues of consent and what is clear consent in these situations. Um, and also just like heteronormativity, you know, mm. like putting putting female identifying bodies in these certain positions. I, I used to say like, it's the same scene, different flesh, you know? So it's just mm-hmm. kind of this idea that women are like, always multi-orgasmic, like cocks are made of gold. You sit on one, you, all over the place, you know? And I also met a lot of people in their personal life who were faking orgasms because of things Mm -hmm. that they saw in pornography, or they had a real twisted viewpoint of consent, you know, like even at 39, I, I, I date people and they're really uncomfortable talking about sex. They want it to just happen magically without any words you know, pushing boundaries on condoms, you know, like there's just a lot of things that I try to do in the pornography that I make that directly addresses consent, pleasure, and safety, you know, and I feel like these are all big components that were missing in the sort of mainstream sector that I was working in. It sounds like too, you know, I, I often will tell people when I'm doing more of my sex educator role that, you know, porn is for entertainment, not for education. But the reality is, is that because sex ed is so Mm -hmm. shitty and terrible, that porn is a lot of people's education. And it sounds like you're trying to actually make it helpful and and educational in that way. Is that an accurate reflection? Absolutely. Actually, I would, I want to say it offends me when people say that it's merely entertainment. Like yeah. it doesn't offend me, but I find that a really flawed sort of argument for pornography maintaining this kind of um, idea that it's just purely entertainment because I saw my porn- my first pornography when I was like nine or 10, you know, like coming across yeah. like somebody's magazines or a friend found their father's dirty video stash or, you know, these, these were very early um, situations that I encountered with sexuality that transformed the way that I entered my own sexuality, Uh you know? So, and Uh as you say, totally, I mean, I grew up like I was born in Texas, but when I was eight, we moved to Nevada and my sex ed in 1995 was abstinence. As horrific as that sounds, you know, like that was the truth. Like my parents didn't talk to me about sex. School didn't talk to me about sex. So the only resources I had were like the other clueless people around me and pornography. Yeah. I think that's such a, thank you for um, addressing the entertainment education thing, because it sounds like the, the, when folks say that myself included, it's almost giving like a, a pass to negative behavior or negative Mm -hmm. things versus looking at it as, look, this is going to be someone's education or this could be someone's education. And so what can we do to make it better? Yeah. And I think the goal of like keeping the children safe 
also is like, yeah, things have to change in yeah. like starting at a very young age. Like my, my partner has two kids and I'm constantly like they're, they're eight and 10. I'm like, it's never too early to start talking about sex and drugs. Like really it's like never too early to address these topics because they're going to find them. And if they don't have this sort of analytical kind of thinking going on, like, oh my God, this is fantasy because they aren't certainly aren't getting it in sex ed. Nobody's talking about consent or pleasure, right? It's very biological sex ed and it's mm-hmm. missing out on like the depth of sexuality and the health yeah. of sexuality, you know? So what are some of your favorite things to, to shoot and to both for entertainment and education? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's not necessarily like favorite themes I have. I just really love getting into somebody's mind and heart Mm. and figuring out how to create the safest space in order for them to express their authentic self, you know? So it's never based on like, you know, I always have performer talks before we shoot, um, like weeks before we shoot, we meet on zoom. And then the day of we have another performer talk and then the consent and the talking continues throughout the shoot. And then also there's aftercare in the end, if it's needed, you know, mm. like all the performers have my personal phone number. If something arises for them months later, they always know that they can get in touch with me, you know? That's so beautiful. Yeah. Like I just really love taking care of people, you know? And I think my favorite things that happen on set though, is when a performer asks for a condom, Or when a performer says no while I'm filming to another request of the other performer, I'm like, oh, thank God, I've caught no on camera. Like, that's beautiful, you know? Because I think that's also like a lot of people don't talk because they're afraid of rejection, you know? Whereas like rejection, I love it when people say no to me in the bedroom because I'm like, yeah, that's sexy. Now I know how far I could go or what the boundaries or borders are of our play, you know? Yes. Yes. So what do you think some of the most common misconceptions are for consumers of porn? Hmm, That's a good question. I mean, I think I don't, it's so crazy. I think I rarely think about the consumer like (laughs) ever, you know, you're like, I'm far more worried about the people on camera. (laughs) They're in front of me. And look also my crew and everything, like it's a lot on my mind besides the consumer. Yeah. But I think, you know, I'll give you an example. Like when I show people my, my film reel, they look at it and they're like, oh my God, I never knew that porn could look like that. You know, that it's just mm. this cheap cliche, no depth kind of, I mean, it is a tool at the end of the day, right? It is mm-hmm. a tool used for normally ejaculation or coming, right? Mm-hmm. So I think some people are okay with like letting quality slide, mm. you know? Whereas I think like my dream would, I don't ever wanna work in mainstream or anything like that, right? Mainstream film, mainstream pornography, but my dream would actually be to make a feature length film using human sexuality and explicit sex as a narrative not as like the crux of the thing, yes. right? Yes. So, I mean, if Lars von Trier, Gaspar Noe can be, show it with like violence towards women, like why couldn't I tell like a really nice deep story where, yeah, people do have sex and it's like a normal part of of your daily life, you know? Yes, yes. So 
do you think that people watch porn and how do I want to phrase this? <laughs> Let me rephrase. Sure. What do you think people take away from porn that they shouldn't or that isn't helpful to them? Mm. I guess I can only talk from like my personal experience mm -hmm. with porn, you know, like I feel like also I used to watch things that were very cringe mm. and uh, probably quite highly unethical because I also have like some sex trauma that I've experienced in my life. So I feel like I was almost watching it through the lens of like, this is happening to somebody else and not to me. Yeah. So I would watch this stuff that reminded me of something that happened in my past. And then afterwards I would feel shame, mm. guilt, dirty, regret, you know? So, I mean, I get goosebumps thinking about it, you know, yeah. it's like, I really had to do a lot of work on my own psychosis, my own psychology in order to do some like healing work around that before I could even watch or consume porn you know yeah and i'll give another example like i have a lot of male friends a lot of like i actually only have a couple heterosexual male friends but the ones that i do have <laughs> the ones that i do have often also feel really bad for what they watch so they just make a clear cut from porn and they just don't consume anything because they feel guilty for the things that they do consume you know so i don't know i just try to talk to people like here, I'm going to give you my, I'm going to give you my password. See if you could try to enjoy this. Yeah. You know, yeah. And even if it doesn't work the first time and you're not turned on the first time, maybe just try to get in the mood of consuming something that might enrich you yeah. versus take some life away from you. Oh, that's so beautifully said. And you you brought up the word ethical. So I want to ask you, because I get asked this all the time, how do you define ethical porn? That not only models, but also crew is paid fairly, treated well, um, boundaries are respected. Um yeah, I mean, I think that those are the basic three principles. Pay respect and communication you know yeah yeah so how can someone on the consumer side tell or investigate or figure out if something is ethical yeah this is the tricky thing too right because <laughs> there there are also ethical sites that have had problems Right. You know, so right. I mean, it, no organization, no company, no anything is like zero percent has had no. Pro we're, we're all humans. So like, yeah, yeah. With with that said. <laughs> oh, my gosh, I'm sorry. I just forgot the question. <laughs> That's OK. That's OK. That happens to me all the time and like falls out of my ear or something. Um, how can someone on the consumer oh, right. side uh do their best to tell if something is ethical or not so that they can consume if they're wanting to be mindful and consume ethical porn and like obviously they're not listing like we paid this model or this performer this money on the what you know that'd be very cool um although i don't know if people want to know that but how how can someone tell if if something is ethical 
You know, it's really tricky because I also hear people criticize porn in a, in a way that's like, oh, the performer didn't look like they enjoyed it. So that instantly makes it unethical. Or on the other end, it must be ethical because the performer seemed like they were having a good time, you know? Um, yeah, I think it's it's really hard, but there are several companies who are producing quote unquote ethical porn that you could get memberships to, you know? I mean, Erste's being one, there's the Crash Pad series, there's Pink Label, you know, there's, there's, um, there, there's quite a few companies that are doing a lot of consent talks and things like that. But at the end of the day, it's, it, it could be quite impossible to tell. I think as a consumer, you just have to do your research and kind of see like, what, what is the company about? Yeah. Who, who's the person behind the camera? Who's directing this? What's their story? You know, what's, what's Karen about? Like, what's, what yeah. is she doing? You know, so like I encourage people to research me even or research the directors, research the DOPs. And more importantly, I don't know if it's possible to find out who the producers are because the producers are often the first person in line of getting people on board and doing things like that. And I've also been on not Erste's, but I'll give another example of like where I thought a producer was highly unethical on an ethical set where a performer, it was three girls and two guys performing. Mm-hmm. Um, all three girls weren't on birth control. And it was agreed, it was agreed with the producer that when we got to set, that it would be a no condom shoot. I was talking to them away from the producer, and all of them expressed and um being uncomfortable with not using condoms because they weren't on birth control. And I said, Hey, no problem. What brand do you use? I'll send my producer to the pharmacy to buy the condoms that you like, you know? And then I got into a huge argument with this producer, you know, because she had also told the the performers that like, hey, you you could use a condom, but you might not get as much work. Oh. You know, sick, right? Totally sick. Oh. And I mean, I, I, before we started shooting, had to threaten that I wouldn't shoot the, the movie for this producer to be flexible on that because the performers had already signed contracts. Oh, um, I mean, for me, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So this is like subtle, but yeah. Big, right? yeah. And, and these, these are things that can go on behind the closed doors. So if you as a consumer can find out as much as possible about the company that's producing porn, the better. The Honeypot is more than the products in your bathroom cabinet. It's embracing that time of the month. It's staying balanced through the ups and downs, good sex and bad sex. It's exploring, it's learning, it's plant-derived. Powered by herbs and science, the first complete personal care system to get you what you need when you need it. Check out The Honeypot at Target, Walmart, Walgreens, and on thehoneypot.co. You can enter code RACHEL20, that's R-A-C-H-E-L-2-0, for 20% off your first Honeypot order on thehoneypot.co. What is your take on, on things like OnlyFans and like individual content creation? I think it's so cool, actually. Like, I think it's really cool because like, 
people can make their own stuff. I mean, I think this kind of OnlyFans yeah. blew up during COVID a little bit, yeah. right? And then, <laughs> yeah. And then, and then you saw couples and stuff like yep. sharing their love stories and things like that. So I, I think I, I love amateur stuff personally, because I feel like it's a little more quote unquote real. Yeah. You know, so you're, you're getting like a, a little bit more authentic situations. But on the flip side, there could be a lot of unethical practices going on when things aren't quite regulated. So yeah. when content creators are trading or mm. things like that, like maybe I, I mean, I've never been in that situation. So yeah. I don't know if I could um, really attest to like what the ethics of OnlyFans is yeah. or stuff like that. But I think it's great that there's a platform out there for that that exists like that for people also to make a nice living off of things that they're passionate about. I thank you for that. I think it's such a cool platform too and just love that it exists. Um and you know hopefully the individual humans it's kind of up to the individual humans at that point to be ethical. Um yeah. yeah. You so, know another okay, really uh, cool another yeah. really cool thing I love about OnlyFans is that you will find in the porn world like it can be tricky to be very diverse, you know, like having people mm -hmm. of color or curvier people or things like that. Whereas I feel like there aren't any of those rules yeah. of like a big business person at the top of a company kind of dictating like what we're shooting and stuff like that. Like those rules all fly out the window on OnlyFans. Like anybody could be on OnlyFans, you know? Yeah. So I think that will also impact the industry in a lot of really cool ways because bigger companies, bigger mainstream companies tend to not take risk with body types or the color of people, you know? So I think that's, that's also really great. That must be so frustrating to watch. Yeah, I mean, it has been, you know, I mean, I'm lucky to be in a place now that is like more diverse and stuff. Yeah. I mean, I think that like the porn industry still has a long way to go for yeah. like really becoming very diverse, but it was very frustrating when I worked for my former company, for sure. Because like I said, it was just almost the same body also in the same scene, you know? So. Ugh. Yeah, it's, it's really annoying. Yeah, I, I mean, I could I could say a lot of bad things about the mainstream industry as far as like racism is concerned and things like that, but that might be a whole nother episode, you know? I, I mean, are there any <laughs> things that you think are really important for people to know? Hmm, about the mainstream porn? Yeah. World? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think when I worked at this old company, um, you know, I got really offended by like the representation of black men, actually, like they were always thugs, uh, burglars, gangsters. They were never, you, you know, you never had a black doctor and a patient, you know, it was always like That's a white terrible. doctor. And if, yeah, so you have this over and over oh. again, this kind of fetishization also of like the black male body yeah you know so i would say like anybody consuming that kind of stuff should also try to watch it with a critical eye and how that might in inform your own internalized racism yes you know thank you for naming that that is yeah. um yeah that's really important and you know similar to i mean so many industries deal with this 
right? Like I have a lot of friends in the professional theater space and there is so much racism and just deep seated, like system, both individual and systemic racism seeded into these industries. And it takes a lot to, to undo it. But I think the first, one of the first steps is naming that it's there. And for, like you said, watching with a more critical eye is important. Yeah, because pornography especially goes directly into your subconscious. It's triggered by your subconscious and then it's fed back into your subconscious. So we we are actually in the driver's seats of our own minds, basically, you know, and that stuff goes somewhere. So, so how does the porn that you're creating now, what makes it special to you and, and good for the subconscious? I think purely based on the fact that like, I, I don't know. It's it's really interesting because I feel part psychologist, part anthropologist. You I'm know, sure. I'm coming, <laughs> I'm coming from this background from like a very critical place as well. So my main goal in life is to promote positive sexual experiences. You know, like I, the biggest thing in my life is like when a performer comes to set and they leave happier, they mm. leave more fulfilled, you know? So that shows me that I did my job right in creating like a very safe space for them again to like explore their most authentic desires. Yeah. So that's the most special part of it. Again, I never think about the consumer, right? Like there's marketing people doing that, right? Like I'm just there with the people and we're having a human experience that's quite spiritual together. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, okay. So I'm going to like pivot left for a second. And I'm wondering if you would be open to giving any tips for people who want to not necessarily create content for like an OnlyFans, but for themselves, like people at home who are like, I want to film myself having sex or masturbating or being hot. And I want to then consume it for myself, right? Like maybe they're not sharing it. Maybe they're sharing it with a couple people, but like just for them. And I'm wondering with all of your expertise, if you have any tips for people that like want to do that at home. Yeah. I mean, self-shooting is a whole nother can of worms, right? So I would say like, just try not to be critical Mm. and just practice, practice, practice. Like, And just try to go into it knowing that like whoever you are, like the fact that you're here is a freaking miracle. You know, like you were the strongest sperm one day, you made it onto (laughs) planet earth, you know, you came into this body, like let's love it. No matter what shape or size you are, just try to do it without being so critical, you know? And I think that goes too. like, I, I had this revolution maybe 10 years ago. I was just like masturbating in front of a mirror and I was really closely inspecting my body, you know, not, yeah. but not in this way that like, Ooh, I don't like that. Or, Ooh, I don't like that. But just like, dang, I like, I can't believe I'm alive. That's so cool. You know? So just be gentle on yourself because we also live in a world of filters, right? Mm-hmm. That's like, I I know people who take like 1000 selfies and then they pick two, you know, and I'm like, wow, you're so critical of yourself. Yeah. You know? So I would just say like, 
the number one thing is like throw the criticism out the window and just try to have fun. I love that. I love that. Are there like, uh, <laughs> are there logistical things that are helpful? Like tripods, ring lights, like are, are there things that can help based on your experience professionally, someone at home feel that sexiness? Yeah. Oh, I would say the thing in the in life that turns me on the most is light. So, I mean, I will always say, you know, I had a professor in college who was like, there's shit and then there's shit in good light. You know? <laughs> so I just really think like light is very important and yeah. maybe you don't have the budget to buy like a three light system. So like a, a ring light works well for sure. Or even getting some of those like clamp shop lights you know, because you can always readjust the white balance and stuff in certain programs. So you could just clamp a light up somewhere or have a have a ring light on the front of your phone and it's probably fine, you know. Um, and I think it also just depends, like try not to shoot directly against a wall, right? Because if you have light in front of you, it's going to cast a big shadow, like ah. just some things like that. But maybe try not to be, and tripods for sure are are going to be a savior because you're not going to really be able to necessarily maybe hold it all the time or maybe you want like a static wide shot or maybe you want a pov so then you hold it so yeah there's a lot of things that you could do i actually did a um i think it's like a 15 or min 15 or 20 minute um workshop talk yeah I, it's on it's on reddit somewhere i can um find it and email it to you yeah we'll it put goes, it in the it show goes, notes yeah, it goes over like a bunch of different things. Like it doesn't go deeply into light, but it gives suggestions for things you can do and equipment that you can use to self-shoot, you know, and things you should really consider like your background. Is there like a ton of dirty clothes in the background? And that that could be cool because it's very real, but you just want to take a moment to think about the aesthetics in the space as well, probably. What do you think are some benefits of people trying this? If they're listening and they're like, oh my gosh, I don't know. I could never, like, what, what do you think are some of the benefits of, of someone doing that? Honestly, nothing helped my self-esteem more than like looking at my body in a sexual way, you know? Mm. And I think porn is also really amazing because you, you actually do see a lot of different body types, right? And you see stretch marks and you see ingrown hairs and things like that and razor burn and all of those things. So I think it's, it's, it's more special in a way than like a lot of advertising or images that we see, particularly of women's bodies that are all airbrushed or airbrushed are we in the 1950s, sorry, photoshopped, <laughs> things like that. So and also working in porn, like for me, like seeing women's breasts from like 18 to 60, stuff like that really helped me with my self-esteem. So um, I think when you film yourself or in, in a situation, like maybe you don't think it's hot now, but when you're 65 and you watch it, you're going to be like, dang, I was so hot. And why didn't I just live in that moment with myself? Mm. You know? Yeah. Ugh. Karen, thank you. I, I'm, <laughs> I hope that this inspires people to, to take some at-home footage. And yeah. I, before we wrap up, I was hoping that you could share a little bit about Ersties and what people can expect. And like, if they want to go check it out, what, what it's all about. Yeah. I mean, Ersties is amazing because it's really framed around the performer's desires, you know? So when you're watching Ersties content, 
It's not scripted. It's purely based on like the several hours of conversation that I've had directly with performers about who they are. And it's not just based on like their do's and don'ts and what they get turned on by, but it's also based on like their hobbies and who they are as a person, you know? So, I mean, for, for instance, next week we're doing like um, two, two of the performers are, are singers. So the whole shoot is based around like them singing and stuff. So it's like, I, I never come up with ideas before I speak to a model, you know? And I think you're also going to see like, yeah, just authentic sex, you know, because even when I shoot, like I'm not in control, you know, I try to not interrupt my performers as much as possible. So they could get into some real vibes with each other. So I'm not starting and stopping, but the performer always has an opportunity to say stop at any time. I don't care if you need lube, water, you don't even need a reason. We could be three minutes into starting shooting. It's okay. We can always start shooting again. So because of that, you really get like a sense of what they really want, you know? And also just to give you an example, like our pay is the same for everybody. I mean, there are some variables, whether it's like self-shot, how long it is, how many performers yeah, yeah, are involved. Yeah, yeah. But if we have two performers on set, they're both getting paid the exact same amount. And we don't pay um, any more for specific sex acts. So for instance, if somebody wants to do anal, it's because they've actually decided that that's exactly what they want to do. You know? So yeah, I would say you're getting guaranteed that this is quite ethical and the models are doing exactly what they've decided that they want to do with their own bodies. Beautiful. Beautiful. So I will link everything in the show notes. Um, but in case someone is more auditory, where where can people find you? Where can people find Ersties? What's the best way to to dive in? Yeah. So Ersties is just Ersties.com. You can find all of our um, content there. There's also, uh, what is it called really fast? Let me find it real quick. It's like our, they, they just launched it. So you see what that is really fast. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, no. You're good. Should have maybe had a list of this as well. No, you're fine. <laughs> Let me see. Okay. Yeah. So it's ersties-spot.com. And there you can find like all of the behind the scenes we do. You know, there's like a 30 minute video on like a day in my life where somebody just talks to me all day and follows me around. So you can also learn more about me there and you can learn a lot about our models, you know, and there's like a lot of content there. That's also shelf sought self shot by models of like their own interest and their own hobbies and like their own experiences in porn and with sex. So there's a lot of educational stuff on there. There's a lot of fun stuff on there. Yeah. And then awesome. me, me, I'm on Instagram at Karen under under dash what is that called underscore 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 yeah, karen <laughs> underscore hunt underscore dop yeah, i'm on instagram or sees is also on instagram yeah amazing thank you so much for being here today and sure. just taking the time and for doing the work that you're doing in the world right. and making this really important form of art uh better oh thank you rachel you're so sweet <laughs> 
I feel very calm in your presence. Good. Oh, that makes me happy. Thank you. That's all for today, you sexy folks. What questions came to mind as you were listening? Continue the conversation with me over on Instagram at the right underscore Rachel. And don't forget, please leave a rating and a review so that we can continue erasing shame and stigma together. <laughs>